0: Welcome to Clothed with the Sun, a daily reading from the Gospel and a brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday. It is March twenty-second, 2023, the Wednesday of the fourth week of Lent. Today we read from the Gospel according to St. John. Jesus answered the Jews, My Father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For what he does, the son will do also. For the father loves the son and shows him everything that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Amen, amen, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he gave to the Son the possession of life in himself. And he gave him power to exercise judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own, I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. So, as we meditate on today's gospel reading, this is no simple little story here. This is not merely, So I mean, all the gospel passages are amazing and deep, and there's so much you can say about them. But we are getting to that point in Lent, where now Jesus, we're reading from the gospel according to John, And Jesus is spelling out who he is, what his mission is, all about his relationship with the Father, and um, it's pretty amazing. It goes very deep. It reveals a lot to us. See, John's Gospel was written later than what we call the three synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the story, written by people that knew Jesus. Well, Luke never met Jesus Mark, we believe, did, but he was a younger disciple that kind of came to the fore later. But they wrote their Gospels basically recounting the stories, recounting the major sayings of Jesus, his parables. Whereas John goes deep. It's not saying that John was making this up and he needed more time. No, these are the things that Jesus did and said, but he took time to meditate on them. He took time to pray about how to arrange his gospel, how to write it. John's gospel has many unique and wonderful sections. We have John chapter 6, the bread of life discourse. I am the bread of life, etc. He who eats of me will not perish, but will have eternal life. We have John's prayer for unity at the time of the Last Supper, which is something we all need tremendously to meditate on as there is so much division both in the church and in our families, in how we worship, in whether or not we worship. John's Gospel goes deeper in terms of who Jesus is as the Word, the Word that was made flesh, that flesh that's later talked about in John 6, in the Bread of Life discourse, but mentioned at the beginning. And we have this section here, where And we're reading today from John chapter 5, and, and John does this in a few different places while well, Jesus is doing it, John is writing about it, where the Pharisees are attacking Jesus, they're criticizing Jesus, and so as a reaction to the Pharisees, Jesus gives us uh, just so much information about himself. Books and books and books are written about these passages, his relationship with his father, etc. It's kind of like in the history of the church, whenever there is a heresy, and heresies are going to come. I mean, people are always trying to test the limits, and there's always a lack of balance in all of us as human beings. And so the church's job is to try to bring things back into balance and try to teach us the truth, maintain the truth, In the history of the church, we've had heresies that have denied the divinity of Christ, they've denied the humanity of Christ, and so many other very important things. And so the church grows as a result of adversity, and so Jesus' teachings are clarified as a result of him being attacked. So the Pharisees say so many different things against Jesus, and he gives us just these wonderful words. The son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. Later, he says, I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear and my judgment is just. I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. So there's a lot here about how much the father loves the son, how much the son loves the father. And there's just so much here. There's so many things. I mean, we could just go on for hours. But I want to focus a little bit on just, well, even, I think, a background is necessary before we even get into the exact words. So, like I say, there's only so much we can do in a podcast to really talk about all that's present here. Jesus I, I believe it's it's an expression that I like to use. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody else say this, but it's something that I often say. When we talk about why did Jesus come to earth? And there's so many, I mean, ultimately we know the answer to that. He came to die on the cross. He came to die for our sins. He came to bring us to heaven. He came to save us. It's true. He pays the price for our sins, dying on the cross. He descends into the dead, into hell. He rescues those in the grip of death. He rises from the dead, conquering death. After he's conquered sin with his cross, he conquers death with the resurrection. He ascends into heaven, opening the gates of heaven. He sends the Holy Spirit to all of us so that the church can carry on his work, so that we can be other Christs, being animated and filled with the Holy Spirit. But one thing I like to say, very simplistically, Jesus came to pray. Jesus came to earth to pray. Let's just talk about that a little bit, because yes, it sounds very simplistic, and some people might say, well, what's the big deal? I pray. (laughs) Very often I try to talk to people about their faith, and sometimes people just love the Lord, and they love to talk about it all day, and then other people get very defensive. In other words, they're doing the minimum, and they do it, and that should be fine, and so stop talking to me about it. I pray. I do that what's the big deal? I do that. Well, Jesus came to do that. Why is it so important that Jesus came to pray? See, in heaven, there's endless prayer going on. I mean, if talking to God is a prayer, well, the Father, Son, and Spirit are constantly in conversation with each other, constantly pouring out love to each other. So yes, Jesus in heaven prayed. I was thinking of saying, well, that doesn't benefit us at all, but it's not true. Actually, Jesus is interceding with the Father on our behalf, and he did this even before he came. In fact, eternity is outside of time, so there's a whole different way of talking about things there. But the bottom line is, yes, in heaven there's lots of prayer. In heaven, we get to heaven, God willing, we will be worshiping the Lord for all eternity. And it's not some kind of servile thing like God made us to, uh, because, you know, he needed to inflate his ego. No, rather, we will have the fullest realization of who we are and why we were made, and that is we are creatures that depend upon our Creator, and we will see so much beauty when we see Him face to face. We will fall in love with what we see, and therefore we, will just, we, we, we won't be able to help ourselves but to just worship Him endlessly. And as we know here on earth, as we go deeper in our spiritual lives, it brings us great joy, great peace. Well, in heaven, that'll just be to the nth degree, to infinity, that we will see God face to face. We will worship him and that will bring us great joy. We will know our true purpose and it'll just, it's endless bliss. Plus the fact of being with one another. You know, the, the communion that we share with one another is secondary to the joy of heaven, which is just connection with God. So Jesus came to earth to pray. He didn't merely stay in heaven praying, but rather, and the reason I was going to say it doesn't benefit us that he's in heaven, even though, yes, it does very much, <laughs> is that, well, in heaven, he's interceding for us, but he needed to come to earth. And, of course, like I said earlier, he came to earth to die on the cross, etc. But another thing he's doing in coming to earth, and this is really, it's a thread that goes through everything else that I said, Jesus came to connect humanity with God. And how does he do that? Prayer. If we're going to say, well, no, 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 he died on the cross. Well, his death on the cross is a prayer. His death on the cross is the sacrifice, the sacrifice of his body and blood. I mean, he can't really sacrifice his divinity, although he sacrifices himself as a person and the person is divine, but I mean, the divinity cannot die. His divinity lives forever and ever. His divinity is indestructible. So he has to take on flesh that is destructible. He becomes one of us to connect us to God. So it's not just his crucifixion, but it's everything he does in his life. His entire life is for our salvation. And when we see Jesus constantly going off into the desert to pray, of course, he talks about prayer. He tries to get us to pray. He teaches us to pray. But when he's constantly going off to pray, when Jesus is praying, that's his mission. A lot of times people read those passages and say, oh, isn't that nice? Jesus got a little time off. It's like in the life of a priest when a priest goes on retreat. Oh, isn't that nice? He's getting some downtime. Well, no, actually, that's his most important time as being in being a priest is that time in prayer. Because prayer is our connection to God. Those in ministry who do not pray end up, you know, you can argue that it's not really ministry, because it has to be all about the relationship with God, and the minister has to be the one praying first, the one in connection with God first. And then the ministry that we do in the church is meant to connect others to God through us and through the things that we say and do. So with Jesus, this is the case par excellence. His prayer is a connection of humanity with the Father. In his divinity, in his person, he's already perfectly connected with the Father. But in fallen, broken humanity, Jesus becomes just like us in all things, except he never commits a sin. St. Paul says he empties himself of his divinity, becoming just like us in all things, even to the point of becoming a slave to the rest of us, which is seen par excellence in his crucifixion his passion and his death. Jesus comes to pray. Jesus comes to connect us to the Father. So his time out in the desert, that's the essence of why he's here. This fallen humanity needs to connect to the Father. So as Jesus is saying these words, I mean, it's just deep theology here that he's giving us because he's talking as the son of the Father the eternal word, the one who has existed from before time, yet he says all this as man. And so there is a development here. There's a development in him as he has grown in his humanity because he's become just like us. He needs to grow. And then we latch on to him through our faith, through the word, through our sacraments We connect with Jesus, and then Jesus is the bridge to the Father. Jesus connects us to the Father. So when he says, I cannot do anything on my own, it's true. This is why he was anointed with the Holy Spirit in his humanity. This is why the Father speaks on his behalf, both at the baptism and at the transfiguration. But who knows what Jesus' prayer life was like? I mean, that's going to be one of the mysteries that gets revealed to us when we go to heaven, just to better understand not only the Father and the Son in heaven and how they're connected. I mean, that's the ultimate goal to be wrapped up into that. But even in Jesus's humanity, imagine the depth, the intensity of his relationship to the Father, which he's working on through his life. It's it's not just perfect right from the start. Of course, it's perfect. I know I have to be careful how I say things theologically, but what I mean is it's always growing. It's always advancing. It's always uh, expanding because he's praying for us. He's trying to draw all of us into it. So as he grows as a man in his humanity, he's growing in his relationship with the Father. Isn't that amazing? And we are invited into that. So he does what he sees the Father doing. Well, wow, what a packed statement, because what does the father do? The father gives life. The father loves. The father sacrifices. He pours out his life into us, and very specifically, he sends his son. So in a sense, that is a sacrifice, even though the father remains in heaven. You know, in a sense, Jesus remains in heaven as well, because he's never separated from his father. Yet there is a sacrifice that goes on here. As Jesus is given for humanity, Jesus ultimately is broken and bleeds and dies for humanity. So Jesus imitates his father, a father that is insanely generous, infinitely generous. And he goes on to talk more specifically about it. The father raises the dead. The father gives life. And so the son is able to give life. He's referring to his healings, but the bigger picture that they point to, and that is our salvation. And Jesus talks about eternal life. There's so many things here. Raising the dead, it's his mission. So Jesus loves his father. He prays to the father. He connects to the father. He imitates the father. We can talk about how children are so impressionable And how they imitate what they see their parents doing, what they see other adults doing. When I was a little kid, I used to hold my arm in a certain way while I sucked my thumb. I was, I don't know, two years old, three years old. It was because I used to watch my grandfather smoke his pipe. And as he held the pipe with his right hand, he would hold his right shoulder with his left hand. So I would stand there and I would suck my thumb in the same posture as my grandfather. And we think, do, do we ever think that kids don't see everything that we do and imitate? So we, we imitate. Jesus is the son of the father. Jesus sees the father and through his prayer, through his connection in prayer, when he's going off to the desert and all these other times, he's connecting to the father. He's imitating the father. He's becoming in his humanity more and more one with the father so that we can become more and more one with the father. What does this mean for us? it means so many things. It means the meaning of my life and your life is to connect to the Father through Jesus. It means the meaning of your life and my life is to also do what we see the Father doing, to connect with God through Jesus. The Holy Spirit is sent for this purpose. The Holy Spirit is all wrapped up in here, too. And we're going to see Jesus talk about the Spirit as well. There's so much in John's Gospel. And this is all about the truth. So we can go on and on. I think I'm going to wrap things up right about here. But it's just so important that we remember that, you know, as Jesus is revealing himself, he's also revealing to us who we are we are meant to be there's an expression sons in the sun of course of course that also refers to women daughters in the sun as well but it, using that expression sons in the sun what that means is we identify directly with him whether we're male or female we identify with him we are meant to become other christs through our baptism we become other christs we are divinized through the reception of holy communion we become what we receive and so we are meant to be connected to the Father, see the Father, hear the Father, feel the Father's promptings, listen to his voice. And as we hear, as we listen, as we see, as we connect, and it's so much through the gospel, then we, we are living out our mission. And this is, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's almost humorous that Jesus says this in response to these Pharisees that have no idea what they're talking about. Jesus takes it as an opportunity. Well, let me tell you my real mission here, and they're the ones that don't understand. John is just soaking all this in. He's pondering it, just like we hear about Mary. She pondered all these words in her heart. She's doing that. John is doing that. Remember, John and Mary go off to live together, so they're probably talking about all this, trying to understand it more and more deeply, knowing who Jesus is. And as we get closer to Easter now, we're going to get more readings like this where, once again, we can go in so many different directions. There's so much depth there. There's so much to learn. And as each of us reads the gospel, each of us reads the Bible, God has a different message for each one of us. There's so much depth. It's like a well that never runs out of water. And we don't get upset because we can't exhaust the well. No, we just keep going back and we keep rejoicing that there's more and more nourishment for us to find in there. So let us continue to pray for each other as we go through the season of Lent, that we go deeper and deeper into Almighty God, into Jesus's identity, knowing it and understanding it, and in that, finding our own true identity. God bless you.